0: The following audio is from the Grove Church. To find out more about our church, or to check out previous messages, go to our website at grove.church. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Still warm? How many years of cold? I run cold all the time. So anyway, it's been a good time. Woke up yesterday, had no water in my house. That was fun. Uh, So anyway, thankfully it was an easy fix. I was just praying, Lord, I don't know what to do. But anyway, it's all good. but uh, hey, a couple of things. We're going to be in Luke chapter ten, so if you got a Bible, you can turn there. If you got a Bible app, you can turn there as well. But real quick, before we jump in today, um, the 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 parking situation. I want to say thank you to everybody as you come on site and, and and try to leave. It's it's obviously a bit of a challenge because of the construction and the closing of a lot of the parking. We are a bit limited, so thank you for being gracious. If any of you have lost your cool, um, I don't know who that is, but I just pray God's grace for you anyway. But um, no, really, we're 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 trying to continue to figure out. If you noticed, if you came off of Grove today and drove into the lot and you're used to doing that, we switched up the directions of the parking just to try to hopefully get people on and off campus a little easier. But bear with us because we are trying to provide great solutions. Um, If you're able to possibly volunteer to help us out with parking crew, the more people we have helping direct people on and off site, hopefully the better the experience can be. So I want to give a shout out to those that are already doing that. Thank you for your help. But for those that maybe could step up and help, maybe even just one service once a month Or something, anything would be helpful. And then finally, we are working on uh, shuttling here uh, coming up as we look at February. And so just a whole system and having everything in place. So we are continuing to work on that. But I just want to say thank you for being gracious about this whole process because it is a bit of a challenge as we take on all the construction. The second thing is from last week's message, I gave out some homework. And I don't know if anyone did it or not, um, but I'm curious. I mentioned, hey, memorize Acts 17, verse 11. Does anybody have Acts 17, verse 11 memorized per chance? Okay, I got, a, I got some hands that are like this. So maybe not super confident, but I have a gift for anybody that might be willing to try to quote it in our gathering if you want to try. Jaden, Chris. All right, look, right up front, taking notes, ready to go. So Acts 17, 11, who, you guys want to just do it in tandem? Also, I'll give you a start now. The Bereans. Now the Bereans were more open minded than the, the people of Thessalonica. Right. They eagerly listened to Paul's teaching. Yep.
1: Teaching. And,
0: and they were teaching the right thing of Paul and Silas. Okay, I'll give it to you. That's that's great. Yes, absolutely. Good job. Give them a hand. I know you guys couldn't hear it, but they did do it. So, little little gift for you. Uh, and also, Jade, a gift for you, and you had your hand up, so do you want to do it, or do not want to do it? Not really? Okay, I get it. I know, people like, people's biggest fear is like being in front of crowds or whatever, speaking in public, so I get that, but uh, good job, you guys. Um, for those of you that did not do it, I want to see you in my office after class, so um, anyway, I got a big office, we'll be fine. No, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, as we move towards Luke 10 here in a moment, uh, some of you already know this, I've, I mentioned it, but um, I'm a task list kind of person. I love to write down a list of things to do and then check those things off. And there's something fulfilling about being able to check things off. Anybody else with me in that world? Okay, good. Um, In fact, something happened to me last week that probably only happens once or honestly once or twice a year is that I was going over my task list, checking things off. And on that list, everything got checked off. And it felt so amazing but the truth is, I immediately after that wrote a new list and had a bunch of other things. So, um, But I'm also one of those people, and I hope I'm not alone in the room, that I will do something and it won't be on my task list. Anybody know where I'm going with this? And I write it down just so I can check it off. Anyone? Yeah, you're my people right there. Okay. We're weird like that, but it just feels really good to go, wait a minute. I did this. I'm going to write it down and give myself credit. So there you go. We've been talking about downloading the YouVersion app and challenging us as a church body together to read through the scriptures each year. And so this year, January, obviously, we've been talking about this. And so subscribing to uh, us, the Grove Church, as the church, as our church, and then subscribing to the plan. And the hope is that as you do that, there's some comments like I put out something earlier or a few days ago for you to read and just some stuff. But one of the things I love about the plan connected to the idea of the the, the checking the box thing is that the plan that we put out there, if you're on U version, you might already know this, but it's super fulfilling because when you go to the plan like that, what you notice is there's little circles with no checks in them. And then as you, as you accomplish them, they get checked off and it feels amazing. So that's always helpful. Now, just to be clear, some of you that can read the small print notice that somebody's 10 days ahead. This is not me. I wish it was, but it's not. This is Evan Westerfield and he's always way ahead and he's better than all of us. So anyways, but... Um, so this is Evan. Now the next portion of the plan that I love is that once you check all the boxes on any given day, it then takes you to this page, which is a checkbox up top, but it's the little meter at the bottom that shows like, hey, you're making progress. And by the end of 365 days, if you've checked them all, you get like balloons or whatever. So anyway, but that's another thing that shows up that I think is fun. And then on the Bible app, there's something called streaks. How many of you guys know what that is? It basically means you've opened the Bible app and used it somehow that day. So you've been in the Bible and, and some of you maybe like for me, uh, I, get, I get streaks and I get up to like 12 days and 15 days and, and sometimes I get into the 30s and 40s. The best I've ever done on a streak was somewhere right about like 62 days and I felt super proud of myself. And then of course a day went by and my schedule was a little wonky and I didn't and all of a sudden I was back at day one. And that can feel a little deflating. Anybody with me on that? Um, but I was talking to the man, the myth, the legend, Evan Westerfield about streaks and say, Hey, I love that. It's kind of a fun little feature. And you kind of see how many days in a row and all that stuff. And, and by the way, there's no condemnation. You miss a day. It's like, Hey, just j- jump in the next day and, and get back to it. But anyway, um, I was talking to him about this and I go, yeah, mine, I, I think 62, I think is the best I've done. How about you? And Evan goes, I had somewhere like 400 and something. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, 400, like, that's amazing, over a year. So anyway, he goes, yeah, here's the funny thing that happened. He goes, one day I was in the app and I was reading the Bible and I checked all this stuff and got through it. And then I realized because I wasn't on Wi-Fi, it didn't give me credit and kicked me back to day one. <laughs> so apparently Evan Westerfield is like on day like 10,837 and he's way better than all of us. So anyway, next time you see him, feel free to kiss his ring, right? So, um, <laughs> If he, if he does it, don't do it. Okay. So that's weird. But I, I say all that and it's, it's, it's kind of humorous, but here's the thing. I think we know this, but when it comes to the idea of reading and studying scripture, the whole purpose is not that we can check a box and somehow sort of feel good, right? The idea of reading scripture is that something takes place within us that continues to transform us and help us move along on this journey in Christ, it's in the same way like you go to school to get like a bachelor's or a master's or a, a doctorate degree, and the idea isn't the piece of paper. And while that might help you get to a certain place in, in a career or whatever, the classes that, they, that you take are meant to help educate you, to help prepare you for that career, not just have a piece of paper. I've heard individuals say this, and I would imagine you've heard this as well. People say, I just want to be married. Now, to be honest with you, if that's all it is, that's a pretty low bar, right? Like there's so much more to the idea of I just want to be married to, than, than like having a ring and saying I'm married. And there's other filters and these are things we can talk more about at another time. But the idea of being married isn't just so that I can check the box of I want to be married. Another great one, especially in January, is you subscribe to maybe a certain gym, and you get a t- key tag on your keychain. And what you feel is really good about the idea that people see the key tag on your keychain and go, "That's a gym person, right?" When the whole idea of having a tag on your keychain is that you go to the gym. Amen. Some of you are like that's a revelation. Wow, I never thought of that. Um, and again, it goes back to the idea of scripture and reading and studying the Bible isn't just to check a box, isn't just to get through something and sort of feel good about it. There's more to the conversation. And so last week, we laid the groundwork in our series, again, we, as we launched it, how to study the Bible. And we talked about that, that, that it's essential that we do this. And part of it is because ignorance is dangerous. And in general, uh, you know, the, the church sort of in America is mostly biblically illiterate, and that is a dangerous thing in part because it's easy for leaders to manipulate scripture. And obviously, I don't stand up here and go, how can I manipulate people today? You know, I want to do my best to study and to provide for you the best insight that I can from what I study so that you can be encouraged and built up and mature in your faith. That being said, it's why these guys even memorize or why, why, why I would even challenge you to consider Acts 17, 11 and being a person of character to go, hey, I need to study this myself. I'm not just going to be duped by somebody who says whatever they sort of want to say and quote that it's biblical, but to help us all with our understanding. And then, of course, there's the idea that historically, and you can study this thousands and thousand years of, of you know, history in general, but, but that our culture or sometimes our emotions or, or you know, our our, our our opinions or conscience can deceive us. And we've got to be aware that we can all fall prey to it. So, The idea of studying is sharpening our souls because what we believe determines how we behave. So as we jump into today, I'm going to be honest with you. The series is called How to Study the Bible. Part one, we didn't dive into how to study the Bible. Part two today... We're not going to dive into how to study. You're like, I'm leaving. I'm out of here. Okay. Anyway, but no, no, there's a reason. And I'll just be honest with you about it. As we get to the next week, so, so you know, part three and part four, we will get into the nuts and bolts of studying the Bible. We'll talk about things like concordances, study Bible translations, some, some tips on the how, the cross-referencing and stuff like that. We will get into it. But I really believe that part of the importance of this series is understanding the value of the foundation. And in some ways, you can look at what Jesus talks about, and he reminds us of of the need, and this is what it is, the need to prepare the soil before we plant the seed. And so that's where today I want to dive into really understanding something that I think is incredibly essential for all of us before we, in particular, the next couple of Sundays after today, then we'll dive into, like I said, those nuts and bolts. So before we do that, Luke chapter 10 has a story that some of us are pretty familiar with, others maybe not so much, but in Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 38, it says this. came to Jesus and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work all by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed. Indeed, only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken from her. Let's pray. God, we thank you for these scriptures. We thank you for this moment with Jesus and Mary and Martha. And and God, I just pray for, again, your heart to move, your, your, your challenge, your Holy Spirit to challenge every one of us, God, that this portion matters. That as we talk about Bible study, how we go into it matters. And I pray for that kind of insight for all of us, God, that there's certain steps we take before we even open the scriptures, God, that would do something to focus us the way we need to. In your name, God. Amen. So as you jump into Luke 10, verse 38, in this story, we have Jesus and the disciples who, who basically unannounced show up to the home of Martha and Mary and Lazarus, their brother and sister. So there's a connection here. Lazarus, you might remember, you might know, or maybe not, that that's the one that, that he died and Jesus came and shows up and, and you know, raises him from the dead. It's amazing. But, but this is this group. And so Martha, as they happen upon the place and and they come in, it says Martha opened her home to Jesus and of course the disciples. It says she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. So Mary is enjoying whatever Jesus has to say. And I stumbled upon a picture of an image online that I thought this is probably how it looked for Mary to be ready to learn, you know, from Martha. So that was kind of, again, just something I randomly found online that I thought, boy, that's the kind of passion that Mary probably had. So we'll get that off the screen before you you throw up. Anyway, um, but again, Mary literally is sitting at Jesus' feet listening to what Jesus has to say. Martha, on the other hand, she's busy going, oh, no, my house isn't ready. And here's Jesus and the disciples and they want in. And, you know, we got to we got to fold the blankets that they were on the couch from last night. And there's a bunch of table, you know, food on the coffee table. And I need someone to vacuum. And she's on the phone with Comcast trying to get her bill lowered. And she's trying to spray Febreze because of Lazarus and all I didn't get paid. I didn't get paid for any of those examples, by the way, just so you know. Um, But but again, she's thinking about all of the preparations and she's overwhelmed. And, and distracted. And so here she is as opposed to her sister Mary. And I want to make sure we understand the picture. And I know on one hand it's relatively obvious, but, but it's meant for us to understand the juxtaposition of Jesus shows up and Mary does one thing and Martha does another thing and they're basically the opposite thing. And I bring it up because when it comes to you and I, And our need to be with Jesus, whom John in chapter one of his gospel says Jesus is the word. And so we talk about spending time in the word is in essence spending time with Jesus. When we try to spend time with Jesus, the question begins with this. How distracted are you? One of my teachers in in Bible school back in the day, a theologian would say this, for you and I when it comes to time with Jesus, sometimes our minds wander or jump around like monkeys in a banana tree. And we all kind of relate to that, right? Right? It's amazing how you open the Bible or maybe even show up in an environment like this and and there's music going and there's people playing and your mind is distracted by all kinds of things from the fact that this place looks like an upside down boat to that there's playoff games happening this afternoon to hoping your furnace is still working when you get home today so your house is warm to what you're going to eat to work happening on maybe tomorrow but maybe not because it's a holiday for you to all these things go on. And in a similar way that Jesus shows up to to Martha for you and I, Jesus shows up in our world and yet how many would admit we find ourselves distracted. And I challenge you with that because Martha has Jesus in bodily form show up at her house and she's busy thinking about all the preparations. And at one point in her sideways energy of the conversation, gets so indignant about her sister not lifting a finger that she turns to Jesus who's the teacher and rabbi and somebody that deserves some level of respect at that point and she, instead of giving him some level of respect, basically says this, Lord, don't you care that my sister the freeloader is sitting around doing nothing? When I'm trying to get the food ready and clean the room and have you guys come in, and she's doing nothing. And I'm sick of it. And then she literally says, you tell her to help me. She doesn't ask like, Lord, look, I'm just, I'm kind of tired. And she, Could you just ask her, maybe she'd be willing to help out? No, she's indignant and demands that Jesus do that. And we read that. It's, it's easy to go, wow, Martha, you're out of line here. But how many of us would do the same thing in our prayer lives, in our idea of Jesus being in the room with us? Lord, I work hard, and Lord, I got all these burdens, and I can't can't keep up, and Jesus, do you even care? Why don't you send help? And by the way, a little hint into the nature of our savior, he's gracious enough to deal with our bad attitudes. He's gracious enough when we come and we pray in a way that isn't so honoring towards the Lord to extend grace. And he does the same thing, by the way, with Martha. And what I love is he doesn't, he doesn't shove aside the idea that there are responsibilities to be taken care of. We all bear the weight of relationship and, and, and you know rent payments or, or getting to work on time or having a job or dealing with kids or whatever it would be that you and I bear the weight of responsibility for. We all have those. And Jesus isn't simply reminding us, hey, just spend time with me and everything's fine and you don't have to deal with it. But it is that reminder of what does it look like for you and I to begin to go deeper in our faith, in particular in this conversation, get into studying Scripture, but in a way that helps us realize there's an element of faith to the conversation. And you go, I don't understand what you even mean by that. Here's what I mean. Sometimes what you and I do when it comes to Bible study, or we could even say the reading plan sometimes, our lives are so busy. And the responsibilities that we bear is like trying to keep our head above water. And some of you are waking up at 1 in the morning and 1.30 and 2 and our minds start going. Anybody understand this? Yeah. And all of a sudden there's something we're concerned about that starts churning in our heads. And then we start figuring out how to solve it and what are we going to do and how do we handle it and I don't know what to say or I don't know. And, and, and then pretty soon we start kind of dozing off. And then we start back. And our dreams become about trying to solve the problem. We go back and forth and pretty soon it's 3 and it's 4 and now we're, we're counting down the time before our alarm is supposed to go off. Like, I only have three hours left. Please, I need to sleep. So when I say that it's actually a step of faith, here's what I mean. There is a Savior that wants us to spend some time with him. And as we lean into our faith, and when we learn about who this God is, as we take in the scriptures, here's what it is. We bring him into the game of our lives. We bring him into, from being on the sidelines, into helping us navigate things we need solutions to. Ways that we can have peace that passes understanding. Ways that we can have wisdom in conversations or situations. I know this is a dumb example, but yesterday when we woke up, I went to use the faucet and we had no water. And I'm like, oh no, no. And I'm thinking, a pipe broke, and there, where's there going to be water spilling all over? What's my water bill going to be? And, and, and at first, I'm like, oh, no, I, I go to another faucet. And I turn on, there's no water. I go around the house and try all the, and there's no, I don't know what to do. And I literally was like, Lord, I have no idea what this is going to cost me. I don't know what the solution even is. And, and Heather and I were talking about it and trying to figure out a solution, and and um even put it on our neighborhood chat. Like anybody else not have water? What are you going to do? And honestly, while there's practical, like go to a, go to PUD website and read about frozen water pipes or whatever. And we did some homework. I also prayed. I was like, Lord, I don't know what to do. And I, we had a memorial yesterday. I had to get ready for it. I'm like, I'm going to show up all disheveled. I'm like, Hey, hey, hey guys, um, let's remember so-and-so. Um, uh, that's what I'm thinking in my head. Like I don't have time for this. And so I just was praying and trying to figure out a solution. And Heather brought some stuff to me and we did some reading and I'm like, let's try it. So we boiled some water and I went out to the meter out on the street and opened up the lid and I put a towel over it. I just began to run hot water over it from a, from a, a kettle that we had boiled water in. And I'm not kidding you, immediately the little meter started ticking and we had water. I know that's a dumb example and the solution came instantly and it's not always that way in life. I only say that because I really believe us inviting Jesus to provide a solution maybe would have given a solution instead of me crawling in my attic and under my house and freaking out and whatever else. Like, I just believe that when we need to invite God in, we need to invite him in. But I also am a believer that if we don't do that, I believe out of respect while Jesus will never leave us or forsake us, I honestly believe he'll wait on the sidelines for us to pray. He'll wait. All right, Lord, finally, I need you. You're like, finally, I have some answers. And I will say, and I know this feels like a caveat, But it's not always instantaneous that all the answers come and all the breakthrough's there. Sometimes that does happen. But other times, here's what happens. Our countenance in the midst of not having the answer changes. So instead of blowing up and yelling four-letter words at our boss or rear-ending the guy in front of us because we can't stand how slow they're going or abusing our family members because we don't have a good attitude, while the circumstance may not change, maybe our attitude in it will Because I do believe that even when we don't see Jesus working, he is. But I really also believe we have to make that invitation. Jesus, I need you. So Martha brings this demand to Jesus. And and I love his response. Martha, Martha, you're worried and upset about all kinds of stuff. And you can put your name in there. You're worried and upset. You have responsibility. You have things that weigh on you. But stop and realize the importance of what Mary has done. Mary has focused on being with me solely and particularly. And I encourage you with that because it's important for us to understand. I really believe, and I'll say it as simple as I can this way, that for you and I, being a step of faith is this that as we carve out, and maybe it's in the morning, maybe it's during a certain lunch break at work, maybe it's in the afternoon after work or the evening or before you head to bed spending time, I really do believe that as we carve out time to be solely focused on Jesus, as we study the scriptures, that Jesus can do more with our day as we spend time with him than we can trying with all of our time and strength. By faith, I really believe that that's the nature of what God does. But oftentimes we don't take the time because we're stressed and frazzled and we're busy and we just can't. And Jesus is like, got some answers for you, got some peace for you, got some hope for you, got some breakthrough for you, but I'm waiting. Call me into the game. Tell me to jump in here. And that's the nature of the God we serve. So, so let me again, talking about preparing the soil of our hearts. We'll get to the nuts and bolts. We'll get to the tools and some acronyms and some ways that you and I can study the Bible that will be helpful. We'll get to that. But we cannot rush into the idea of reading and studying scripture and thinking that we can be all kinds of distracted and walk away from those moments. We can't think anything's really gonna change because it's not about feeling good because we did it. It's not about checking a box. Okay, got the days done, reading done. But it's about realizing that we have a God who wants to meet with us and take us deeper. And give us certain gifts of peace, strength, hope, life, answers, discernment in certain situations we would never have otherwise. But we can't do it half-heartedly and distracted. And so let me give you a couple of pieces of, of, or some, some thoughts before you sit down to open and read the words. And let me start with this, and this all has to do with prayer. And I know for some of us that are new to this thing or we just got baptized and we don't understand it, prayer is simply being able to talk to God because we have a heavenly father that listens. So prayer is just bring those concerns or burdens before him and, and just saying, here's where I'm at, God. So I'm gonna give you three different ways to pray before you open the Bible, okay? So if you're taking notes, you can write them down. If it helps for you to close your eyes, I'm just gonna give you some basic examples of how to pray. So write them down, close your eyes and listen, whatever you wanna do. But I would say it starts with this. And and again, these aren't the perfect words. You don't memorize this or whatever, but the basic topics. So here we go. Lord, as I look to study scripture and I look to understand it, God, would you take these distractions? Would you take these responsibilities? I just put them at your feet right now. There's a lot that I carry. There's a lot that I'm concerned about. There's a lot of stuff that weighs on me. Lord, would you take those right now so I can focus on you? And so the first prayer is just praying to deal with distractions. Because again, there's a lot that goes on in our heads and there's a lot that we carry. So starting with that prayer. So the first prayer, praying about distractions and responsibilities. The second prayer in the same vein and continuing in that moment. Lord, I bring these distractions, but God also, there's some stuff in my life that I know isn't good. And Lord, it's sin, it's not okay. Lord, would you forgive me for, and again, you can fill in the blank. Stuff, attitudes, thought life, patterns, habits, whatever it might be that you know doesn't line up with what God wants from you, it's called repentance. It's just saying, Lord, forgive me for that. Whatever that is, you can name it in your own prayer world, prayer life. So Lord, take the distractions and responsibilities right now. I wanna focus on you. Lord, forgive me of fill in the blank sin. I believe that that sin hinders my ability to be connected to who you are. So Lord, forgive me, take that. And the third thing is this, Lord, would you, through your Holy Spirit, give me insight into whatever I study today? Help me understand it in a new way. Help me help me to, to take in what you want me to take in, that, that not only could I understand something better, but that I could be transformed. Because like I said earlier, what we believe determines how we behave. So it's those three simple prayers. God, take all the distractions and responsibilities. There's a lot that weighs on me, but Lord, take it for now, God. Lord, forgive me of ways that I've missed it, ways that I've sinned. I just repent of that. Forgive me, God. And Lord, through your Holy Spirit, would you give me insight into the moments I'm about to have studying scripture? I know that's overly simplified, but those are three things you can do to prepare your heart before you open this book to study. Finally, let me just say this. I'm excited for the next couple of weeks to get into the nuts and bolts. And we're going to talk about translations and, and some of you, NIV and NASB and, and all these different you know, translations. Some of you don't even know, like this, this Bible wasn't written in English. And I don't say that to be insulting, but because a lot of people don't know, originally it was written in Hebrew, Old Testament, New Testament, mostly written in Greek. There's Masoretic text. We'll talk about all this stuff. And that obviously they had to translate it from Hebrew and Greek in particular and put it in English. And so there's King James and there's people out there that go, King James only. That's the only translation you should read. Well, it's a little tough and it's like reading Shakespeare. And so modern day, there's actually some really great options we're going to talk about in the next couple weeks, actually next week. We're gonna talk about um, getting a study Bible. I wanna challenge you with, there's obviously all kinds of options for Bibles out there. There's study Bibles and women's Bibles, men's Bibles, kids' Bibles, all that stuff. We're gonna talk about some of this. I'm gonna give you some homework again to to, to find a Bible. We're gonna talk about why a good study Bible matters and how to even use it. We're gonna talk about concordances and how to look up certain words and understand some of their original meanings and why that matters. We're gonna talk about cross-referencing. You can read a verse in the New Testament and you go, wait, I think I read that in the Psalms. And the cool thing is it'll show you like, oh, that's, that is in the Psalms. And there's a reason why it's being quoted. And so we're going to talk about how to go a little bit deeper. And then finally, we'll talk about some of just some simple acronyms of how to study when you stop and and take that time. I love devotionally reading. I try to do that every day, 62 days in a row once. Anyway, but, uh, uh, you know, but, but again, uh, devotionally is great. But to go a bit deeper and study takes a little extra time and a little extra effort. But I honestly believe, as I've said before, as you look at the scripture, for a lot of people, it's like, this is just a giant book. I don't even understand it all. But the hope is little by little on this journey, it becomes a picture and you begin to understand God's nature, character, the beauty of who he is, how much he cares about us, why the Messiah matters, Jesus is that, all this stuff. So we'll talk about um, kind of the basics of all of it um, and, and that'll be the next couple of weeks. So it's gonna be hopefully really helpful for everybody. I'm gonna pray one more time. Jesus, thank you today. That, that <laughs> two, two, two messages into how to study the Bible, we haven't got there. But I do pray that we would constantly be aware of the condition of our hearts because it does matter. And Jesus talked about the soil. And today we're not getting into the rocky path and the the, the, the weeds that spring up or the shallow soil or the good soil, but the soil of our hearts matters. And I simply pray for every single individual in here that we together on this journey, God, would open our hearts to what you wanna do. But that Bible study in our lives, individually, but sometimes in groups, and life groups, all that stuff, it becomes something profound that continues to deepen our faith in you. Thank you for what you've given us in the scriptures. Let it become more than the Bible. Let it become more than the scriptures. Thank you that it would come alive in us and transform us through your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.